Welcome to another Two Peas on a Pod. I'm Jason here as always with Dale. Uh, what's going on, man? Do you have a good uh, Thanksgiving holiday? Yeah, it was good. Just was able to go home and spend time with the family. And uh, the, the weather was real nice. Yeah, it really was. It wasn't raining balls for a change. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was nice. I was, you know, it got cold like the week before. And I was afraid mm-hmm. it would be just total shit, uh, you know, all over Thanksgiving. But no, it didn't rain, I don't think, till uh, a Saturday or Sunday after. Yeah, yeah, good good weather. Did you, uh, you get any Black Friday deals? You do a lot of Black Friday shopping? Uh, I went to a few places. I got a couple of things on Amazon. Um, I got... Uh, I picked up season eight and nine of um, It's Always Sunny for like five bucks each. Oh, that's not bad at all. Uh, no, considering that it's only ten episodes per season, uh, yeah, I, I feel comfortable spending five dollars instead of like twenty or twenty-five. But um, I also got the uh, the first two seasons of uh, Game of Thrones. To get started on oh, that, really? I've never seen it. And I mean, the first season of True Detective. Oh, yeah. I've just seen half of that, and I'm looking forward to finishing that up. And uh, picked up the fifth season of Boardwalk Empire, so I can probably finish that show up. That's the last season? Yep. And that show has been excellent so far. I, mean, I think I'm on either season four or uh, three. I think four. I think I'm at the very beginning of four. I've watched like two or three episodes. Oh, man. The one thing that irritated me was uh, the last two years, they've had Hannibal out, you know, to buy uh, before right. Black Friday. So I was able to get it for like 10 bucks per season. This year, and then I'm releasing it till the 8th, which is what, our next Tuesday? So I wasn't able to get that this year. The third season? Yeah. Uh, You haven't watched that yet, have you? No, I haven't seen any of it. I hear it's good. Well, I've heard it's excellent. I just uh, really disappointed with NBC for canceling it. I'm not really surprised. It just didn't have the viewers. They could easily pick that up somewhere else. Uh, you know, Hulu, Amazon, Netflix. They could easily pick that show up or uh, another another station. Yeah. 
They were all offered the options to pick it up, and all of them passed. Hmm. Well, let's keep the Big Bang Theory on for another 20 years. Bazinga. Yeah, fuck that fucking thing, man. Yeah, we watched uh, Christmas Vacation the other night, and I was telling everybody about, uh, you know, the kid from, from Christmas Vacation is... Johnny Glicky or some shit like that, whatever his name is. He's, he's the dude in Big Bang Theory. Is that him? Yeah. Guy that was on Roseanne? Yeah, yeah. I just... he. Damn, he looks like he... I guess he got a new face between those two. Yeah, it doesn't really look like him to me either. Uh, no, that's him. Hmm. We uh, we always watch that movie, and uh, my wife's parents had some some family over, and and they all we all watched it together, as they used to do that back when she was younger. Used to watch it on you know Christmas around this time of the year. Well, that's cool. I'll probably watch it again before before Christmas gets here. I try to watch that and uh, Christmas Story, Home Alone, Gremlins. That's the well, usual. The theater down here is going to have Christmas Vacation on the big screen next next week. That's going to be cool. Um, they have Christmas Story this week, I think, tonight and tomorrow night. I don't think I would go see that one in the theater. No, it, it, it's on TV so much now. I mean, I'm a big fan of it. I just... It seems like you can't escape it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I like the movie a, a lot. It's, it's not really one that I would watch every year. I do like it, though. But uh, would you get anything else? you get any other good deals to get you a new TV or anything? No. No, not this time. I, I, I need to pick up a new TV at some point. But I kept it kind of... Uh, uh, Low brow, low brow, but low key this year. <laughs> uh, it's never low brow. Yeah, low brow. I'm just, uh, I, I just went to Best Buy talking about prolapses. <laughs> there we go. Man, it was this big. Uh, that's a secret word. Yeah, yeah. We need to have like Terry and Cherry and whatever the fuck else. Cherry, yeah. cartoons, all and, that uh, screaming. The uh, cowboy Billy Bob, uh, whatever the hell his name is, fucking uh, Larry Fishburne. Larry Fishburne. What? I'm trying to think of his name from Hannibal. God damn it! Oh, yeah, I can't think him. of it right now. Lawrence. Yeah. Lawrence. He goes by Lawrence now. He was Larry back in those days. Yeah. But, uh, Jack Crawford. There, there we go. Jack Crawford goes to Pee Wee's Playhouse. Grilling him about repeated murders in the neighborhood. <laughs> that that would be funny. I, I would funnier dying to do that or something. <laughs> a serial masturbator on the loose. <laughs> uh, yeah. We we went. Uh, I brought. Oh, you go ahead. I was just saying. I just imagine poor Cherry sitting in the corner, just covered in stains. Oh Jesus! <laughs> she wouldn't be smiling then. No, no, not at all. Be like, we need a a DNA kit in here, stat. Yeah. Get a black light and a, a test tube. 
Oh, dude. One test tube. Put all that jizz in it. Get hazmat in there. Yeah, the, the jizz patrol. Rape kit. Some cotton swabs. Um, but we went. I went with, uh, took one of my daughters to Walmart just to see what was going on, see if I saw anything, uh, like Friday night. It looked like 9 o'clock or something. It was it was pretty busy, but I didn't see any good deals at all. Like, I saw a couple of good deals on, on some televisions, but that wasn't Black Friday. That's going to be the deal until they sell out of them until Christmas, you know. It wasn't like a special thing. But uh, I just went to Walmart. Yeah, I, I noticed that, too. Uh, you know, my dad has been looking for a new TV. And he was hoping yeah. to find a good deal this this year, but he didn't really see one. I would wait till after Christmas. I bet you he'll find a good deal after Christmas. Because, yeah. I mean, Best Buy is, like, hurting right now. And from what I understood, Black Friday was not what they were looking for as far as sales. Well, Black Friday this year even seemed to be a little more low-key than it was, like, the last two years. Yeah, I mean, uh, didn't didn't stop people from killing each other, but uh, no, no, because people are dumb shits. Like uh, I, I was I asking feel- a woman at uh, at Walmart. I was asking a woman at Walmart that checked us out. Uh, you know, if, it, if they had any fights or anything, and she said no, but they had to, uh, they had some some people cussing the cops out. So Who it was, does that? Uh, but I don't know. <laughs> um, exactly. Who does that? Um, I, I remember last year Walmart had like a, a tiered Black Friday thing. Or oh, not, yeah? not Black Friday, but uh, Thursday itself, like Thanksgiving night. It was like they opened at 6, and they had door busters in, and they had door busters at 8. The door busters again at ten, I think. Um, Fuck this that. year they didn't do that. Fuck um, that, man. I, I'm not doing any of that shit. I don't have any desire. I'll sit on the computer and look. But uh, I guess if I had a lot of money to spend, it may have been different. But it was. Uh, I'm not a fan of the crowds. Oh no, I'm not either. Not at all. Uh, I, I didn't get out as soon as everything opened. I got out around 8. And Walmart was fine then. Uh, Best Buy was kind of busy still. Uh, Target was ridiculous, so. Uh, what did they it, have going on? I, I, I don't know. Just the same crap they usually do. It was just, I went in there and there were all these like middle-aged white women gathered in crowds with T-shirts that said uh, Black Friday expert or, you know, mm-hmm. some shit like that, like a Black Friday patrol. <sighs> uh, Whatever, dude. Like, spending time with your family is more important than saving $20 on some dumb bullshit you don't need. Yeah. And it's people buying shit for themselves, not not for Christmas. The whole concept of Black Friday is stupid. I don't like it. It's... It's it's all arranged by the retail, you know, retail companies. Yeah. And I'm curious uh, what the origins are of it. 
I saw someone post somewhere, some meme or some shit. It was like Black Friday when you find out how much the uh, retailers have been marking your shit up the whole year, you know. Oh, yeah. Because they're, you know, probably making very little profit on that shit on Black Friday. No, it's it's all about uh, it's all about uh, numbers, like like just how many sales they make, as opposed to the actual sale numbers. At that point, I'm sure. Yeah, you're probably right. It's uh, I don't know. It's just it's fucking ridiculous. But, uh, I didn't get anything. I didn't get a damn thing. I didn't even buy anything online. Um, it's because I didn't like Amazon. I didn't see anything going on. I'm sure there was some shit for sale, but I mean, it's just nothing that that's that's spectacular enough for me to go through the trouble, you know. Well, I noticed Amazon actually had some good deals uh, Monday and Tuesday before Thanksgiving. <laughs> You know, better than I did on Thanksgiving. Are you doing like a, uh, you're trying to make like a Halloween scary sounds over there? Oh, I'm, I'm trying to dry my clothes. But yeah. You're going to be a, uh, you need like a witch cackling in the background. <clears throat> I'll see if I can find one. <laughs> I'm sure I can somewhere. Let me get this real quick. But, uh, yeah, I went up there and visited you a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we recorded a bunch of commentaries, but I, the, I don't think a lot of them are very good. I uh, had quite a bit to drink, and uh, I kept falling asleep during a lot of the movies, which I do anyway, but uh, I didn't wake back up for a little while. So. Dude, uh, contamination knocked you out, which I understand. Uh, and uh, towards the end of... Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. for the next generation. Yeah. You, you felt so about Dude, I kept trying to wake you up. I mean, I was pushing on you, and you would just yeah. wobble everywhere, and you wouldn't wake up. I don't know, man. It's it's not intentional. It's just, uh, I don't know. Uh, I just, I just do that shit. I always have. You remember. You remember, oh, I'd, yeah, I remember I'd have you over at my house, and we were like, what, 12 or some shit, and we'd watch a movie, and I'd fall asleep, and you'd end up watching it by yourself. Yeah. Oh, dude, I do remember specifically uh, you had natural, natural killers. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I remember that one. And uh, it was early in the morning, and you had passed out, but I stayed up watching it. <laughs> um, but, uh, well, yeah, do you uh, do you have any news you want to talk about? The, uh, the MST3K? Uh the revamp in that. Yeah, uh, they got that Kickstarter going on right now. At, uh, uh, for the first time since 93, Joel is actually involved with it. <laughs> wow. Um, I didn't realize yeah. it had been that long. Yeah, that's when he left the show. The middle of wow. season, season five. That was back when it was still good. At 93, it might be 94. That was like oh, heyday so. almost. Yeah, it was doing great. It just, you know, there were issues uh, behind the scenes between Joel and the producer, Jim Mallon. 
And uh, from what I can gather, Joel doesn't come out. He, he has different stories about it. But uh, from what I can gather, it, it rotated around the uh, the movie that eventually came out in 96. Yeah. 97. I think it was 96. And uh, uh, Jim Al wanted to make a movie, and Joel apparently never saw the reason for it. Uh, I agree. It's been resolved. And I, yeah, I, I agree, too. The freaking theatrical movie is... 30 minutes shorter than any of the episodes. And it's not... Uh, it. All the jokes are just rehashed from the series. Um, I don't know what the attempt was. I don't know if they thought that they would reach a broader fan base, even though that doesn't make any sense to do that uh, through the theater. Because it's already well-established on television. And it got a very limited release, too. I'm guessing it bombed. I don't think it did well. It wasn't promoted worth the shit. I saw, I think the, I saw the trailer for it once, and it did not come out around Jackson. And I would have gone to see it. But, uh, yeah. you know, by the time the movie came out, uh, you know, of course, Joel was already gone, Mike was in, and TV's Frank had left. It was starting to change up. Um, the movie is the reason that season seven is only six episodes. Because they made those six episodes and they made the film. And that was it for uh, Dr. Forrester. He liked them. Okay. But, uh, See, I, I didn't watch anymore yeah. after that. I, I really didn't either. I tried to stick with it at first. <clears throat> And, uh, I mean, I still watch the reruns of the, of the older episodes, but I didn't watch the new stuff. Like, when I went to... Didn't he go to Sci-Fi at one point? That, to me, is where the uh, the quality really started to, to change too much. Yeah, I went to Sci-Fi. Um, that's what kind of sucked. Cartoon Network had it from 88 to, like, 95, maybe. Wow, and and then uh, then they canceled it, but Sci-Fi picked it up. But Sci-Fi, their stipulations were all the movies had to be Sci-Fi related, all of them. That's so stupid. They show wrestling uh, on that fucking channel now, man. They've yeah, obviously changed show. their their beliefs since then. Um, but they, I don't know. They were watching stuff like uh, Gorgo. And Revenge of the Creature, which I know those are B movies, but they're nowhere near uh, the caliber shit like uh, Manos: The Hands of Fate, All right. uh, and stuff like that. It's, it's, there's no competition between those whatsoever. So um, I just don't enjoy those as much. I, the movie has to be bad for me to really enjoy, you know, the ripping into it. Like, I like Gorgo, you know. It's not a bad movie. Right. And, uh... Well, it's, it's kind of like we've discussed, you know, Rift Tracks. Um, and, you know, how we don't think that's funny. I mean, it's kind of the same thing as that, you know. I kind of feel the same way about it. It's it's just kind of... It's just not funny. No. It's like, uh... I don't know. It's like, uh... You know, lots of things that that were funny that aren't anymore. You know, they, they just couldn't continue. They just couldn't keep the the caliber of of the work. 
Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I tried to watch the roof tracks for uh, the Star Wars Holiday Special. And, I'm really? that. and uh, I, I can't do it. It's just... It's, it's, it's not funny whatsoever. It's it's kind of sad. Uh, listen, yeah, man, I don't know if it's that's... me getting older or if comedy's just turning to crap. It's just not funny. Kind of comedy. Uh, that I mean, that's, that's what I mean. You realize how important Joel was in the process. Oh yeah, he was. You know, not just him. You know, it was him and Trace and right, and Frank. Right. You know, they all wrote for it. I think they had a big thing to do with it. Mike did as well. But you know, when you lost those three, it it just seemed to lose a lot of its. Uh, well, what made it special to me. Because I, you know, I go back and watch like the giant eagle monster or something like that. I still find it funny. That's one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. The Time of the Apes. It's still funny to me. But uh, oh yeah, you know the rift track stuff is it just isn't. Um, and I I don't know. I and I don't think it's all nostalgia either. Because the jokes are like they're they're good back in the yeah. early nineties. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, you know, when I first heard about the Kickstarter, I I was really, really hyped for it because of Joel's involvement. I said right. he was going to be hosting it again, but uh, he's not. He's going to be producing it. He may make cameos in it. He's trying to tie it into the old show, but and I, I get this. I actually understand why he's doing this. It's the same reason to me why Rick tracks and. Shit like that is not funny. He realizes that stuff has changed. He needs newer people yeah. in there uh, instead of them trying to do the same old shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I get why he's trying to do that. So I'm probably open-minded about the new cast. Uh, um, I don't. The only one I'm familiar with is Patton Oswalt, uh, and he's he's all right to me. You know, but I'll see how he is in the show. He might be great. Yeah, my my wife hates him for some reason. I'm not sure exactly why, but uh, I don't know. I think he's okay, and uh, I think his stand up's okay. Um, some of his movie roles have kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I think that's that's where she got that from. But uh, you know, he uh, you know he's a busy guy. He's he's, he's doing a lot of stuff, so I'm sure he's yeah. probably working for next to nothing on that project. Well, I'd imagine he's just a huge fan. And yeah, it's just a big yeah. thing for him. And I, I do like that they're making him Kiwi Spring's son. Because uh, he, I think he could do that well. Oh, yeah, I saw him with the gray hair. It, yeah. it was great, man. And uh, Felicia it's, Day is the Forster's daughter. Oh, okay. Well, we'll see. I mean, she... You know, as long as she's, you know, a piece of crap to to Patton Oswalt, I think it'll be just fine. Um, yeah, he he plays that that role very well. Um, the, yeah. The guy that's being Bumbling pushed around idiot. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. A bumbling idiot, yeah. He can do that. He can pull that off. Um, so what I do I know her from? I recognize the name. Uh... I think she's like an internet celebrity or something. I don't know. 
Now, I know the guy who's uh, the host, uh, and, you know, taking like Joel's place, is for the Nerdist. I don't remember his name right off the top of my head. Um, so, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Uh, the only thing that bothers me is that Crow and Tom Server are going to have new voices all over again. Oh, and, uh, I don't like that. Yeah, uh, Kevin Murphy is busy with roof tracks, and Trace is not going back on the show um, just to do the voice, which is uh, it's a shame. How easy would that be? He could spend a fucking half a day in a booth and record the whole season. You know? I don't know that he uh, has been invited to come back. Oh, okay. Well, he was he was asked about it as soon as that Kickstarter came up. He was asked about it, and he, he just flat out said, I'm not involved. Uh, now, Joel has expressed interest in having cameos. Uh, and, you know, from what I know, he's on good terms with everybody, uh, you know, from, from the show, uh, except for Jim Allen, maybe. But So he, he may be able to do that. I just, you know, there's a reason I can't watch the first season. It's because of Tom's voice. And uh, J. Elvis Weinstein played the mm-hmm. the henchman. Uh, you know, nothing against him. He had a huge part in starting that show, but it's just not the same. I, I just because I started watching, you know, when Kevin Murphy was Tom and TV's Frank was there. Right. Right. I just think that Trace and Frank have awesome chemistry, and apparently everybody else does too, since they're they're still working together. And traveling. Whenever they go to conventions, if one of them goes to a convention, the other one is most likely going to be there too. Yeah, because you, well, I guess both of us got to meet them both. Yeah. Last year. I want to meet them. Uh, was that February? Mm-hmm. It's been almost a year ago, man. Yeah, can you believe that shit? Uh, it's very suppressing. It's... Is this time going by like it is? Is real depressing. Oh, I know it. It's just flying by. Twenty fifteen's only got less than a month left. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Guess you can't really dwell on that. Yeah. I'm trying uh, to find the damn cast here. I can't. I can't seem to find it anywhere. But. uh it's I was curious. Fine. I was curious who that host was. I didn't even see it on the uh, the uh, the main Kickstarter page, which I know I saw it somewhere uh, on Facebook uh, earlier um, this week. I think. Look on Joel's page, Joel Hudson. I think he announced it on his page. You may be able to find it there. Well, tons of my friends love that shit too on Facebook, so they they all share it like crazy. Uh huh. It'll be good to see it come back. And, I mean, the reason I'm looking forward to it is because Joel is involved. Um, so, you know, if he can, can bring back some of that charm of the original se- uh, seasons, then uh, I'm all for it. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to know how, how many fans the show does have because, I mean, there are people chunking in money left and right for that Kickstarter. I think he said a seat. The highest grossing kicks, the second highest grossing Kickstarter. Really? Wow, that's crazy, man. Yeah, it's done well. 
And he was interesting, man. He he put the Kickstarter up, and within like a couple of days, he had already made uh, just under two million. Wow. Yeah, right now it's it's uh, got nine days to go, and it's just a little bit over three and a half million. I think they will get another half a million, so we may see like maybe nine episodes instead of the twelve he was kind of hoping for. But he put his expectations low at two million for three episodes. That was if he got that, I think he was going to be happy with it. Well, they say here if if they can get five and a half, they'll make twelve. That's very. Oh, it's got nine days left, man. Because usually the end of these kickstarters are usually the big push when they make a shitload of money. So it very well that. could could uh, could do it. I hope it does. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the crowdfunding because it's just become such a thing. But for 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 things like this, I think this is this perfect for it because there are fans and you know they want to do it the way they want to do it, so they can raise yeah. the money themselves and do it themselves. You know, why the fuck not? Well, exactly. It's not like Joel has that kind of money laying around to work. With, no, of course not. Like some some big time directors do, where they may have connections to do. They just don't want to do that. No. Well, and it's, it's, it's just going perfect. towards the show too. It's not going to go in his pocket or anything. I'm just yeah. He explained I, I how I'm, much is going to um, to awards and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I know I've I've gone on about a tangent quite a few times on the show about that, but it's like like Spike Lee is a good example, or, or Kevin Smith, dudes that have money, you know, dudes that are very well off, that are on Kickstarter asking for money to make their movie, which. When the movie's made, it's going to be their movie, and then they're going to sell tickets, and they're going to fucking sell it or whatever, and you know, then it's then it's money in their pocket. So they're out zero dollars, and they made a movie for free, you know, and made a shitload of money. Kevin Smith was able to make what's considered a big cool classic off of nothing with quirks. If he wants yeah. to continue making movies, he needs to go back to that. I, I firmly believe that the cheaper a movie is and the more somebody cares about it, the better it'll end up being. Uh, like, like with Quirks. I don't care for Quirks anymore, but I understand the importance of it. Um, Dude, I, I've never thought Clerks was that great. I mean, I can see the appeal, but I don't want to go off on a tangent about talking shit about Kevin Smith because I know he has a huge fan base and I don't want to piss anybody off, but I don't, don't need care for the guy. I don't. I don't like his his practices. I don't like a lot of the shit that he stands for. A lot of the things he has to say. I don't like the way he abuses his his fans. I mean, by but you know by doing exactly what I said. I mean, I'm willing to bet he's doing that fucking. He's doing mall rats too. I don't know if you if you've heard that, but pretty much everybody's coming back for that. And uh, yeah, I'm sure he got some money for that on Kickstarter. You know, I don't know that for sure, but I hope it's as good as Quirks too. <laughs> I haven't seen Quirks too. Uh, I oh, saw man. Silent Jay and Silent Bob and Jay Strike Back or whatever it is. That's yeah. the last thing I've seen of theirs. With I mean, it's all right. 
But uh, it was fine at the time. Uh, yeah. That movie is almost 15 years old. Which one? Jan Silent Bob Strike Back. That was is it really? Wow. Wow. Um, um, but I don't know, man. I just feel like they're taking advantage of the of the fans because it's like, you know, you're going to give me money to make something that I'm going to in turn sell and then make a shitload of money off of. So I don't know. It just pisses me off when you got rich dudes doing that shit. I mean, I mean, or, you know, we're not talking about you know people that are struggling to get by and are trying to make a you know a project that they really like. Or they're really excited for, like you know, like like Joel is. Yeah. You know, this is a labor of love for him, and uh, no, it's nice to see shit like that. Um, you know, I hope it's successful, but I don't know. It's just I know. crowdfunding has just gotten out of hand. I know Joel expressed that uh, leaving Mystery Science Theater is one of his big regrets. I can see really? why. Uh, he thought it was the best decision at the time, but man, I think he should have. I think he should have stayed. Uh, but you know, whatever. That's that's over twenty years ago. Um, uh, George Lucas should, uh, since he's bitching about the new Star Wars, he should uh, organize the Kickstarter to make it Star Wars the way he wants to. That's funny. Of all people, the dude that just sold his his franchise for whatever billions of dollars. Yeah, I could see yeah. some shit like that. Um, yeah, I thought it was funny. You you told me that he actually wrote a treatment yeah. uh, for the Force Awakens, or was it for the whole trilogy, or what? Whatever they're doing, or was it just Force Awakens? I if I I can't remember. It was at least one, but it may have been a treatment for another uh, three story arc. I would imagine he had something. Uh, like that, and he handed it in, and and they probably shook his hand, and said thanks, George, and just burned it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, so he was I feel sore like that's, about that. that's probably one of his strong, strong uh, talents is writing more so than being more involved with the creative process, just because you know he he's he's surrounded by yes men who won't say no to anything, which is what happened with the prequels. But yep. um, those god awful pieces of shit. Yeah, he's. Uh, I don't know that he has much right to really say anything. Uh, uh, he's he saying plenty. Yeah, yeah, he sold it. You know, talk shit about the fans. Sold it. You know, said his shit's great. Everybody, shut up. My shit's awesome. And now he's bitching about the new shit. It's not even out yet. But, uh, whatever. Man, I, That's, I hope uh, it does so much better than the prequels and makes him shut his face. Uh, I'm sure it's going to, man. It's You can't. You, you know, you can wear a blindfold and earmuffs and walk outside and still run into some shit about Star Wars these days. Yeah. Um, I want a... Uh, like a Star Wars enema. It's I think you did like one. Darth Vader. <laughs> oh, dude. I saw a shower nozzle shaped like Darth Vader. I'm oh, sure fuck yeah. I'm sure it's inappropriately. 
Hell yeah. Use the force. Yeah, just blast the force all in your butthole. I guess uh, on that note, I can kind of mention this. I got that. uh, Oh, shit. What's the. uh, An enema. Yeah, I got a new enema. (laughs) But uh, a Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront, I got that for the. uh, I just got a PS4 recently and I got that. Came with it. And, uh, you know, I'm not extremely pleased with it. Well, what's wrong with it? Uh, it's, I don't know. It's just not doing it for me. I've been playing Call of Duty like crazy and really haven't been, been fooling with that. I've been playing a lot of great games, man. There's a lot of good shit out right now. Um, I've been playing a lot of stuff for the Wii, Super Mario Maker, uh, Luigi's uh, Woolly World. I mean, not, not Luigi, uh, Yoshi's Woolly World. For the uh, Nintendo Wii, those are both great. I've been playing Mad Max, the new Mad Max game, which I think you'd really like. I've really gotten into that. that. That's good, man. I've been playing the shit out of it. That's basically what I did over the Thanksgiving holidays while I was cooped up in that room. You said it was uh, similar to Borderlands? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it would be hard to not be. But, uh, no, it's really good. I think you'd like it a lot. It, it stays true to the to the movies. But it's it's also, you know, unique and new on its own, so. It, it's kind of exactly what we're talking about. It's it's like the old shit, but it, 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 it has new elements yeah. that work. You know, it's not a direct copy uh, or anything like that. You know, it's. It's great. It's really well done. I've got some complaints about the camera and stuff, but, you know, nothing that's, that's you know, make or break. Still a lot of fun. Well, that's cool. Is it only on the Xbox One? And I'm not sure what all that's on. I, I think it's on the PlayStation, but I'm not sure if it's on 360 or, or uh, PS3 or anything. I'm just not sure. I've, uh, yeah, I've I've got all the new consoles now. Shit, uh, I've been been bitching about them, but it seems like everybody went with the PlayStation this round instead of the Xbox. Everybody switched from Xbox. Oh. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I haven't really played. I haven't really played the PlayStation enough to really give that a, a judgment, but uh. Overall, I'm, uh, I've been fairly pleased with it. My Xbox One has got a problem reading the disc, and uh, I think my warranty's up now, as I've had it for a little bit over a year now. Um, so it like basically I have to like inject it like a whole fuckload of times before it reads the disc right. So um, I can't really use it like for a Blu-ray player because it takes too long. To uh, you know, to get it to work right, so oh. I need to send it off and get it worked on. But I don't feel like doing all that. I'm have to pay for it myself. Yeah, <clears throat> I know you have that problem with the uh, what's it, the 360 or the first Xbox? 
It was a 360. The first one worked great. It, mine still works. Oh. It was the uh, the 360. I had, I think I had four, and then I, I borrowed one from somebody else for a little while until I got my own again. So I, I bought, or I've bought, I bought three, but the first one broke, and it was under, I don't know if you remember when all that controversy was about the Red Ring of Death or whatever. Yeah. So I was actually able to get that get that one fixed. Uh, you know, I mailed it off to Microsoft, and they fixed it for free and sent it back. When it, uh, I think it was. I don't remember how long it took. Did I say it took a while? I think so. I think you said it took, you know, several weeks. Oh, I think several months, probably, probably two months. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's been a while back. But uh, yeah, I think it was overheating issues. Uh But uh, yeah, that that was unfortunate. It was a lot of unfortunate shit with the Xbox 360. It it sold a fuckload of units, though. Yeah. I guess because everybody had to buy more than one. For Halo? Yeah. For Halo. I would imagine Halo was still really popular then, so that probably had a lot to do with it. Yeah, it's still popular, but it's not anything like it used to be. Call of Duty is the new Halo. Because Call of Duty is on both both uh, systems, Black Ops Three. Oh, okay. Um, no, I've got the new Halo. Actually, I just haven't even played it yet, and that's the first one out for the Xbox One. So that'll be interesting. What is it, Halo Five? Yep. Okay. It's the sixth one because Reach was in there after uh, Three. Yeah, and the second one that uh, whatever the new company's name is, not it's not Bungie anymore. It's somebody else. But um, I checked that out. Also got the new uh, Tomb Raider game because I really like that that new Tomb Raider that, that came out a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Rise of the Tomb Raider is a new one, I believe. I, I got a good deal at Target. It was about to get one free of all the new games. So, and these $60 games, so that's a pretty fucking good deal. So I got uh, Tomb Raider, Halo 5, and, and Call of Duty. But, oh, okay. Um, I'm boring you enough with that. No, 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 that's fine, man. I just haven't played any of those. You know, I started to bring that down, um, you know, when I went, or, yeah, down to when I went to your place, but, uh, I knew I was going to have to do a bunch of updates on the internet before I could even play it. And uh, one of my controllers is in storage, I think, so I only have one controller. So we we probably could have played some co-op or something, but um, I knew we probably wouldn't have a lot of time to do that anyway. So. Oh, no, between bouts of sleeping and eating, no, well, then we get too much time. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, I guess we can mention we we did go to that uh, theater. Oh and, yeah, uh, yeah, the Sanger Theater. Yeah, the Sanger. That's uh, just one of the the few that are still you know in operation. Yeah, um, and I really enjoyed that. We. we... And go ahead. No, I'm just saying that they just saw in the Deep South, I think through Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. 
Oh, the yeah. ones that are left. Wasn't there one in Florida, too? Like, Pascagoula or some shit? Pensacola. They may be one still. Pensacola. That's right. Yeah. I think that's uh, what she was saying. There's still one open there. Yeah, we, we kind of just went. Because I'd been wanting to check it out, and we didn't even know they were open that day, but they were doing some sort of weird play. I don't even remember what the hell it was, but... uh. And uh, they they were actually open, so we got to go inside, and the uh, we were kind of the only people in there, just kind of you know skulking around. And uh, a lady happened to come by, and uh, you know showed me around. Dale's already seen it before, but I got to see it. It's just really really cool. They they maintained a lot of the original stuff that that was there when it was built in what nineteen twenty. What was the? Do you remember the year? 1929, I think, is when it opened. I've got a picture on my phone, and I've got a bunch of pictures I'm going to upload on uh, on the Facebook and the Twitter and all that shit, so y'all can go look for those on there. But uh, let's see, I've got that right. 19, no, uh, no, I'm sorry, that's, no, that was when it was, uh, Entered into the National Register of Historic Places in 1979. Yeah, it's uh, shit. I don't. I don't see the original uh, date on here. I believe it was 29 because uh, they were still trying to find out the first movie to play there. And uh, you know, she was talking about it being silent, but I don't know because 1929 was not. I mean, you still had silent movies, but. No, you know, yeah, yeah, that was still in full bore. Talkies were the big were the big thing at that point. Yeah. Um, um But uh Oh shit, I forgot what I was gonna say. But oh yeah, it was just really interesting to see, you know, a lot of the history because, you know, I don't know if a lot of folks know how the South was, you know, severely segregated as far as race goes. And it actually has a place on the side. I'll, I'll post pictures. Everybody can go look at. That's bricked up, and the bricks don't match. So you know something was there. And I, I think uh-huh. you actually said that's what it is. And it's the it was the door for the uh, colored people is what they used to be called the, the colored entrance. Yeah. And the, which is yeah, now the ladies' either, bathroom. Uh, yeah. They would uh, go through to their old box office, I think, and then go straight yeah. up to the uh, to the balcony. They didn't have a choice where they were going to sit. No. no, they had to sit up there. But yeah, it's interesting because my mom, you know, she grew up uh, at that time, and uh, yeah. she remember going to the theater. And the, I can't remember the name of the theater that used to be in the zoo. It's burned out. It's long, you know. It's all gone. But uh, she said, as a kid, uh, all the uh, you know the the black people had to sit up up top, and she always wanted to sit up there, but yeah. she never could. Nobody would let her do it. Uh, dude, uh, the both of us being kids in that, we would have wanted to sit up there. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, uh, I would have wanted to sit up in the balcony anyway, just to see what it's yeah. like. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, start spitting on people down below you. I'd start puking on them, like in uh, yeah, just, Stand by Me. I'll start projectile, uh, 
shitting everywhere, straight down on the people down there. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, it, that, that's a shame that theater's not there anymore. Yeah, it. Uh, I think it burned down probably in the late fifties or sixties. Dad said the one in Lexington that he uh, watched movies that burned down. Uh, fairly early on, and uh, that's interesting. All these theaters burning down. I'm, I'm curious if it's because maybe they had an old nitrate film just laying around that caught on fire. Oh, fire. Yeah, I bet you're right. Um, bet you're right. Because they certainly didn't have the safety standards they do now. And that shit is extremely flammable. Yeah. Yeah, you uh you watch the end of Inglorious Bastards, that's not that's that's really not yeah. exaggerated. That that shit burns. Well having a lot of theaters burned down because of that? Because of the film going on fire? I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, and uh, everybody's smoking all over the place too. Exactly. It was just people didn't give a fuck. Um, yeah, back to the uh, segregation stuff. My mom told me it was my mom and my dad one that you know the Jackson Zoo. They said that for the longest time, the you know they had a separate water fountain for the black folks as well, called the Color Fountain. Yeah. Yeah, the Color yeah. Fountain and the white the white fountain. And for the longest time, the the fountain was still there. It just had like painting. It was painted over that where it said colored on it. And uh-huh. she said that was there for the longest time. It, I don't think I ever got to see it, but it was probably like in the early 80s when they actually took that out. Yeah. And, you know, replaced it. Probably did some sort of remodeling that, you know, just, just took it out. But I thought that was really interesting. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, it's, uh, of course, it's a sad part of our history, but uh, it is interesting you now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's easy for people to judge that haven't experienced the way things are here, you know. So, um, you know, everybody always says how awful everything is and this, that, and the other, but it's just how it was, man. You know, I mean, uh, you know, it was well, unfortunate, but just uh, how it was. The South, and that discrimination was all over this nation whether right. people want to address that or not. The South, though, fucked itself thoroughly in the ass by making it law. Yeah. You know, we, we had it in the books and everything, whereas you really didn't see that up north. Uh, so, yeah. And, you know, we, we've actually yeah. gone over that uh, in our, my Mississippi history class. We just finished oh, really? our, our class today. Today's our last, was our last class. We'll have exams next week and that's it but uh oh wow it's pretty fascinating uh going over uh politically what happened to blacks uh after the civil war um and uh how actually and i never knew this that it was actually the rich whites that were playing all poor whites and blacks against each other really really because the rich whites we're fine with having blacks on the ballots and having blacks in positions of power because it kept 
uh, the poor whites from having any sort of majority and any real power. So mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the planter class uh, that survived the Civil War was doing that. And so, you know, there was still enfranchisement for blacks here uh, for a few decades after the war, even though the Democrats had swept them out of office in local politics. Uh, right. But uh, eventually the poor whites changed that, and that's when you start having, you know, complete disenfranchisement of blacks. Uh, and, you know, you would think it would obviously be... Uh, <clears throat> A, uh, uh, it would com- conflict with the 15th Amendment, which ensured voting for blacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Senate upheld it. They said the literacy tests and poll taxes did not uh, uh, violate that amendment. So that's why it stayed so long. But it clearly did violate it. Um, so it's, it's interesting to see how... <clears throat> stuff changed so drastically right after the war during Reconstruction with, with right. blacks getting political power and then just lose it, every bit of it, for 100 years, almost. Um, yeah, it, it's a shame. It's a real shame that it ended up being like that. And uh, that's, that's yeah. going to affect people's uh, view of the South for a long time. Oh, yeah, I don't think it'll ever go away. It's, uh, you know, my, my dad was actually going to school at Ole Miss. Uh, I don't know if anybody, you know, if, if it's national knowledge, but you know, the, uh, Ole Miss is a university, university of Mississippi. And, uh, wow, what is that? That's all science. I'm just cleaning out my coffee cup. No, oh, I thought you were grinding some coffee beans. Oh, no, no, I'm just water. Um, but, uh, now, my dad was there, I think, uh, either the year before or the year after that happened. I don't remember. Like, they had to call out the National Guard to uh, when they when they brought this this, uh, this African-American guy. His name was James Meredith. Yep. And he's, he's still, like, a legend around the school. He shows up at all the football games and stuff. But uh, he was the first black student there. And the uh, who was it, the governor that, that was trying to keep him from going? That's probably Ross Barnett. That's what I figured. It was Ross Barnett. That's um, and uh, I've read about him. It, he was just a massive cut, apparently. <laughs> but it, uh, you know, it was lots of violence and shit on the campus towards whites and blacks. Uh, you know, around that around that period of time. But uh, and just you know, it's a piece of our history, and uh, you know. Can't change it. All we could do is learn from it. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I'll never apologize for it because I didn't do it. I know right. my apologies were ring hollow. But what I can do is try to ensure nothing like that happens again. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, we had to read a book for this class called Local People, and it talked about a uh, a black serviceman. You know, he fought in the army, and uh, I think. Uh, World War II in Korea, and then he attempted to uh, join Southern here. You know, oh, yeah. He applied several times, and of course the dean of Southern uh, wasn't going to have any colors there, as he put it, and Ross Barnett didn't want him there, 
And he, he kept trying, and eventually they arrested him on trumped-up charges uh, on bullshit and sent him to parchment for several years. Wow. Uh, that's, I mean, that's, that's the horrible dog shit that, that was going on. He was sitting there, he got so sick, he was eventually released, but he, uh, to go help his mom at, at her farm, and, mm-hmm. uh, but he ended up dying. He died in his, like, in his 30s, I think, his late Damn. 30s, because of that shit. He had a medical issue, and they knew he had a medical issue, they just didn't give a shit. That's the kind of stuff that's a black stain down here, and I totally get it. Uh, yeah. Unfortunate choice of words, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's everywhere. I, I mean, I can't change it, but I can. I, I do find it fascinating uh, that you can still see it, like like you said at that theater. You know, it's yeah. just right there. You know, people pass it every day, but it's there. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, you know, I don't want really want to get too serious here or anything, but, you know, we're, you know, we wanted to, to, you know, give you a little bit of, you know, what, what it's like here, you know, cause that's, that's kind of what our podcast is all about, you know, us, our personalities, you know, you know, Mississippi life, you know, we, we like to incorporate all that. So I, mean, I think it's appropriate, you know, maybe people can, can learn a little bit, a little bit about Mississippi, you know, it's kind of looked down on, uh, by, you know, the majority of the country. Um, so, uh, it's, you know, it is interesting that the police issues you're really uh, hearing about, uh, nowadays are not really here in the South. The South, no. I think is legitimately trying to change. Uh, now you do have people who don't want to let that go and have pride in their skin color, even though they had nothing to fucking do with their skin color. Uh, but, uh, oh, well. I think the South is trying to trying to move on from that for the best, but yeah. that's that's why I'm saying it's dangerous for people to assume this is just a Southern thing. The South was the biggest part of it, but it's a national issue as we're seeing today. Um, so, well, uh, you know, I mean, you talk about a melting pot. I mean, you know, we're you know have very large populations of minorities here you know, much like other parts of the countries, but, you know, like the Midwest or like some of the Northeast is, you know, predominantly white, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I mean, it's, it's not a strange occurrence to see, you know, some black folks, you know, or, you know where we come from because we're used to it. But, you know, you're, you're talking about a place that's, you know, 99% white, you know, in other parts of the country. So, um you know, it's easy to, to point fingers and say, you know, you need to change, you need to do wrong, or you need to stop doing wrong, you know, make things right. But, you know, it's it's a lot harder to actually do it, um, you know, because of everything that's happened, you know. Yeah. We all have to work together to make this work, you know, to, to amend what was wrong and, you know, to make things right for everybody. And, you know, uh, you know that uh, that's our job. Yeah, I mean, you're right. We do have to work together. That's why, you know, you have some race mongers who don't seem to want that to happen. You know, they keep trying to pit uh, blacks and whites against each other. And Still, it's, it's both. It's on both sides of the deal, too. It is. You know, it is. guys you're like, right. uh, 
when there's a, a shooting, like, you know, I'm just going to use that Trevon Martin as an example. I'm not going to say who was right, who was wrong, whatever. I'm just going to say that, you know, Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson show up, and they're just fueling the fire, you know. And that's not yeah. what needs to happen here. We need to all be coexisting as humans and not worry so much about race. You know, that that's the problem is when you keep identifying yourself as this, as that. You know, that's when you're creating differences that don't need to be there. Those two have built their entire lives and careers on race. If racial strife no, goes away, they have nothing. That's what, gets, um, you know, puts money in their pocket. You know, it, it funds their foundations. Um, you know, they're... <sighs> You know, they're making money off of that. You know, the Rainbow, they are. Rainbow Coalition is not a nonprofit organization. Um, but the thing is, there are instances where that is appropriate. They, they have every right to do that. But, you know, there was a case several years ago where a uh, black teenager hung himself in his yard. And, of course, because of that, because of the fact that he hung himself, uh, there were allegations of him being lynched. It turns out that was completely untrue, but that didn't matter. Wow. Because one of them, I think it was Sharpton, got his ass into it, making it out to be a lynching. But it turned out that was not the case at all. But you don't hear about that. Uh, they do need to investigate that as lynching because that shit did happen way too much down here. But he he's jumping the gun. He's taking advantage yeah. of emotions and stir the shit. That's why I don't like either one of them. Well, they need to be doing the exact opposite of what they're doing. I mean, they're, they need to be promoting peace, you know? Yeah. They're, and you know. that's my thing. They're both, another reason I don't care for them is they're both loud mouths. They don't shut mm -hmm. the hell up. They just blab about all sorts of shit, and they're usually wrong. But there are other civil rights leaders that are much more deserving of of um, of the leadership that those two tend to get. Yeah. Uh, you know, not just Martin Luther King, but, you know, there were others here. Now, James Meredith would be one. You know, these people who truly were good people just tried to change the world and make it better for their people. And I sure. certainly appreciate that. They weren't trying to stir shit up. But, of course, they didn't have to at the time. The shit was already stirred. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's they're, you know, jumping the gun, like you said. It's like today, you know, there was those shootings in California. And it's unfortunate. You know, it's bad. I'm not really that familiar with what happened. But, you know, like Hillary Clinton was on Twitter five minutes after it happened. You know, not even knowing any anything, no details, you know, nothing, saying how we need to control and stop gun violence and shit like that. And that's fine and good if she feels that way. But, I mean, you need to sit back and, and you know, let them figure out the details before you go start blaming people. Blaming people and things and all that. I mean, who knows what the hell happened there. Um, but It's the exact same mindset. Like you said, they take advantage. They see something, they take advantage of it. Well, they're exactly. She's benefiting her campaign with this instead of giving a fuck about the people that got killed. You know, that's all she's doing is just trying to get votes. What I've noticed with the uh, 
the way society is now with the internet, it's emotion rules the day. Yeah. Not yeah. logic and not actually thinking about stuff and not, you know, and, and it's not a new thing. I can't say that's a new thing. That's just been going on for a long time. But they can reach more people now with Facebook or just you know, just the internet in general. Um, and people, you know, they see something like that and they immediately have to put the first thing that comes to mind on there. And nine times out of ten, it's really stupid. Yeah, you know they're not thinking about it. That's the problem, and it's all—all all these knee-jerk reactions or emotional reactions yeah. to, you know, like uh, you could take the the, the uh, Confederate battle flag being a huge issue here after that ass face shot at the church in South Carolina. Right. You know, he was a dick face. He was obviously right. shit, and yet right. everybody made it about the battle flag. Why? Yeah. There was somebody else's agenda. They attached it to that. Exactly. You know, you know uh, I, I'm tired of seeing a battle flag misused. I really am. I was looking up the history yeah. of it, at least here in, in Mississippi. It's, that flag has been up since 1894, I believe. Wow. And, uh, it, it, you know, if it's time for a change, fine. But take it down, put it in a museum where people stop shitting on it, and get the rednecks to leave it the fuck alone. Because I'm tired of these assholes and the beat-up pickups with huge battle flags, you know, driving down the, the highway. Because they have no fucking clue what that even means. Right. You know, I mean, I think you and I both had relatives that fought in the Civil War. That's really what's more important to me is the history significance, historical significance of the flag. Um, it... Uh, same here. Uh, we we really don't. I mean, we could we could talk about that for two hours. Oh but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it's it's just I mean an example of you know knee jerk reactions. Everyone's doing this, that, or the other in direct response to what somebody else did, and oh, you don't want to piss these people off, so you got to do this. It's just the internet mentality. It's like no one stops and thinks. It's it's you know, and I you know I'm guilty of it as well. I mean, I can't tell me tell you how many times I've typed out some long response to somebody on Facebook about whatever the hell, and I've just gone and deleted it. And I was like, that's not going to accomplish anything. I mean, when when people argue on Facebook or the internet or whatever, no one ever accomplishes anything. It's not like, oh, okay, I agree with you now. You just end up pissed off. That's all that ever happens. Yeah, it doesn't accomplish anything. But, uh, eh, anyway, <laughs> this we can brighten the mood up a little bit and talk about some X-Files. That's the, uh, was that a good segue? Yeah, yeah, it just, it's, yeah, that's, I'll call that a segue. We'll do that. Well, you know, you know who else really likes the Confederate battle flag is, uh, David Duchovny. Um, no, oh, David Duchovny okay, yeah, starred in. Uh, he really got his big star on the show called The X Files. I thought you were about to say like Kid Rock or something, but I'm glad you didn't. And uh, see that there's a pretty cool segue. Yeah, that's uh, total bullshit, but a segue nonetheless. See, Fox Mulder eats sunflower seeds, therefore he likes the Confederate battle flag. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we're here to talk about the X Files, a show that you know you and I both grew up loving. 
and went watching quite a bit. I think I liked it. I think I watched a little bit more of it than you did. You did, but um, yeah, man, it, it's still probably my favorite show, and it you know holds up too. Oh, uh, yeah, it really holds up really well because, uh, like you were saying, I I stopped watching it probably about the fifth time Scully was was abducted. Or, you know, some of her people are just being abducted and having babies, yeah. having older babies, whatever. <laughs> having, uh, having implants stuck in her body somewhere. Yeah, I mean, she, yeah, uh, it got ridiculous to me, so I stopped. Uh, but I, I stayed through, I think, the fourth season. Uh, and in my personal opinion, I think that's, the fourth season is the best season, in my opinion. And I think that's where it, it had a quality drop after the fourth season. Because yeah, season five. Yeah. That's, they did the movie in between season four and five, Fight the Future. Oh, and okay. uh, Chris Carter didn't want to continue the show. He wanted to do the movie and be done with it. He, he, was, on, he was moving on to you know, Millennium and other things like that at that point. And he didn't want to do X-Files anymore. But I guess they just put a pile of money in front of him and he couldn't turn it down. So uh, basically had little involvement in the show, but still had his name, you know, Chris Carter's in the X-Files. Oh. But that's why I think it had a quality drop. Um, still some great episodes in there, but as far as the, uh, you know, the ongoing narrative with the aliens and Mulder's sister and, you know, uh, their romantic relationship on, on again, off again, uh, as far as all that shit goes, I think it it's those are not good episodes to me. Oh, no, it became too too much of a soap opera. That's why I stopped watching it. Well, it, it was too much of the. Is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? I mean, I understand playing that out a little bit, but it's just too much. It's a lot of really successful shows have that though where they never actually get together or maybe get together on the last episode or something, you know? Mm. They're just always at odds. Like, I mean, I, I know you didn't watch Friends, but like uh, Ross and Rachel oh. on Friends, I'm sure you, you know the characters' relationships. You know, they were yeah. always, you know, about to hook up or, you know, would, would, would fuck or something. And, you know, oh, they're going to get back together. Oh, they're so great together. But and they're uh, all fucking each other. That's the impression well, I got on that show. They were just tearing each other up. It was just like one big orgy. Yeah. They were just all doing the Eiffel Tower. The Golden Gate. The Golden Gate. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Maybe, I, maybe I made that up. That yeah, the Tower is kind of like the, uh, the Eiffel Tower is kind of like the Alabama Hot Pocket, except with more <laughs> shit. More shit. Or the uh, the Cleveland steamer. Uh, okay, when you said Eiffel Tower, I was thinking of two dudes on either side of a chick high-fiving each other constantly. Yeah. Just, that's just the only making just steady eye contact between them two. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're just, both of them, they don't want to seem gay, but they are gay. They, right. wish they could just get the woman out of there. 
We'll but, we'll know, have sex with this flesh thing in front of us, but we're gonna look at each other while we're doing it. Anyway, uh, class and just join up a little bit as always. Um, yeah, but now I think Eiffel Tower is an actual thing. I, I don't know if I made that up or not. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It would not surprise me. <laughs> um, something to do with two dudes in a in a chick, I think. Um, but uh, fuck, what the fuck are we talking about? Um, X Files. But well, yeah, I'm trying problem. to think where we were. So you you stopped at season four. Around then, yeah. See, I, I watched, I mean, I was religious, like, I watched it, like, this is, you know, a lot of younger folks may not understand this, but back in those days, you know, you had to record things, and I had my old school VHS with a timer on it set up to record this every week when I went to work, because I always had to work on Sunday nights, um, and, uh, you know, I would always record it and watch it later that night when I got on, or when I got home, but, uh. You know, back in those days, you know, you couldn't, like, there weren't, uh, you couldn't just buy it on, you know, buy the, the set, you know, in two months after the the season ends. It didn't come out. You had to wait for a rerun or you didn't get to watch it. Yeah. That's, that's a big thing about TV shows, man. When DVD came out and then they started releasing TV shows on DVD, I thought that was awesome because it was oh, very man, rare I'll... that you get a TV show on VHS. I bought so many. Oh, I know. So I know. many DVD uh, seasons. Well, actually, I do remember X-Files coming out of VHS because you had some of them. Uh, yeah, I was going to mention that. It, yeah, I, there was three episodes on each on each cassette or each VHS. Yeah, it wasn't a whole season. So you just no, had no, to no, hope three episodes. some of the July was on there. Uh, that's what I hated about. They were all like best of collections. Uh, yeah. And even yeah. when DVD came out, that's what they would do. It was best of collections of certain shows. Like maybe with children. They released two right. best of collections before they realized, I guess, some of the marketing here. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, if you didn't catch a show, you just had to hope he would come back on sometime soon. It just, just wait. And, um, you know, network shows didn't do these marathons. Like, you know, they'll show every fucking episode of Breaking Bad, you know, in a weekend or something. Uh-huh. You know, they didn't ever do shit like that on on a network like Fox. You know, they had regular programming that was on. So you really did have to wait, either wait until it came in syndication, or hopefully they'd show a rerun of the show. Um, yeah, syndication would take forever too. Sometimes it it got into syndication pretty quickly. I remember. Did it? Um, it's it's still being shown on some channel because I I see it every once in a while. Well, I mean, I'll like, stop I mean, like and watch the, a little bit. The, the newer episodes. Uh, yeah. Like, if I miss an episode of season four, it, I have to wait a while to see it. But I remember ABC or something like that. You started showing X-Files at syndication. And that's... I watched a few yeah. then. That was the last time I watched it till this past summer. Wow. So you've there's a lot you haven't seen. Yeah, I was, you know, this past summer, I was catching up on the first uh, two seasons, really, watching them out yeah. of order. Because, uh, I, I mean, I already already knew what, what was going on with Skull, you know. I just wanted to watch episodes I'd seen in a while that I liked. Uh, but, yeah, I gotta, I've got to double down and get into the later episodes to see how I like them. Oh, dude, there's some great Monster of the Week episodes later on. 
um, some really good shit. Um, the as far as the narrative, like I was saying, it 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 doesn't hold up. But the Monster of the Week episodes, and there were more. There were more of those as the show went on, and less of the uh, I guess canon episodes, whatever you want to call the ones that you know the the wraparound story. Um, and they actually let a lot of the fans submit scripts, and a lot of those scripts got got turned into shows. So uh, this was kind of cool. They were doing that too. Um, but the uh, we're talking about three uh, Monster of the Week episodes. Um, we're talking about uh, Squeeze and then uh, Tomb Tombs, which is also in the same, you know, about the same guy, uh, Eugene Victor Tombs, and also uh, Darkness Falls, all all in the first season. And uh, on those VHS tapes you're talking about, I think there was three of them that they put out, three different tapes with three episodes on each. And uh, I had, uh, I know I had one with uh, Tombs on it, no, with the squeeze on it. And I don't think I had the one with Darkness Falls on it because... You did. Uh, I, I did? You did. Okay. Cause I, watched I just never watched it, it then. Okay, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I watched... I watched Squeeze a shitload, but um, Tombs, I actually, for the longest time, I thought Tombs was in another season. I thought it was like season two or three when Tombs came out because, you know, that's the continuation of that episode because I guess I missed it the first time around when it, when it came on, you know, when it, when it showed on, uh, yeah. you know, it's live air date. I think I, I missed it the first time around, so I, I thought it came out later when I finally did see it. Uh, dude, I've got to say, after looking on Netflix, at the episode listing and everything, I'm surprised at how many of the episodes I remembered were from yeah. like, seasons one and two, and how quick, how uh, close together they were. Because, yeah. dude, even then, time was just different for me. So, it, it, it seemed like that shit was several years when it was only like right. separated by maybe one year at most. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I, I was, mean, you know, with some things like Darkness Falls and stuff, I was looking at season two and three for it. I was surprised to find it at season one. Yeah, yeah. I think that may have been one I, I missed until the VHS, too, which that was probably season two or three was probably already, was probably live at that point when I bought those. Because yeah. I remember being, I was old enough to drive when I had them, so I was at least 15 or 16. Um, but watch the shit out of them. Like whatever those episodes were, um, watch them, con- you know, watch them, you know, 30 times each at least, you know? Oh yeah. So, uh, I remember talking uh, about, you know, hmm? oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just saying, you know, I'd go up there where you'd have to work at the office, uh, or your dad's office. And, uh, I would just go up there and watch X-Files while you work around. And that, yeah. that's what that's almost all you would ever bring. But I was cool <laughs> with it, you know, I always loved the show. Yeah. It's dude, I was just on board from I remember like when that show first started, like they it was advertised as like a big sci fi show about aliens and shit, right? And yeah. uh 
you know, and I was fully on board for that. I was big into, I think Sidings was on Friday night right around the same time. That's when it started on, on Friday nights. And uh, I watched the shit out of Sidings or whatever the hell else came on then. Probably some other dumbass shows. But, um, and then, you know, I just like stuck around for, I think this maybe came on at 8 o'clock, 7 or 8, whatever it was. Um, but yeah, I was watching and I was just, I was hooked from episode one. Oh man, same here. Uh, that show Dinosaurs was still on when X-Files started. So I think, uh, you know, you had TGI Friday going on too. So I'd watch all that stupid shit. And like you said, get into side eggs and then X-Files would come on. And, uh, and I, yeah, I remember when the first episode premiered. That was a big thing in the family. We got one of those Bigfoot pizzas. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the sun was still on. And this was in August oh, yeah. of 93. Yeah. I remember the sun setting, but it was still up. So I'm not sure what time that would have been. It may have been 8. Uh, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was great. And, if uh, it was August, it, 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 it may have been 8 o'clock. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Before the time change and everything, you know, it was. I can't remember what day in August it was, but that's when it premiered. Um, but yeah, I remember. I, I watched it with my parents. I watched the first few episodes with my parents, and then I think when they were bringing out uh, some of the Monster of the Week episodes, they kind of lost interest. But I was even more hooked when those came out because those are my favorite. Yeah. But uh, yeah, my. I remember my mom after the very first episode, she was like, Oh, those two are going to get together. You know, those two are going to get, get romantically involved. And little did she know that, uh, they played that shit out for like nine seasons. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, good memories. Just, uh, just great shit. Um, but yeah, we're going to try to do a few episodes. We'll maybe do, you know, Maybe three shows on, you know, three different episodes, if you want to do that. So today we're going to talk That's about those, those. Maybe we can pick out three from uh, season two and then talk about mm -hmm. it next time. But, um, yeah, these are the three Monster of the Week episodes, uh, Squeeze, Tombs, and Darkness Falls. So I guess we can just go ahead and get into Squeeze, if you want. Yeah, you go ahead and get us started. Yeah, it's uh this was the actually the first monster of the week episode, I believe. And uh about uh it's I really I really like the way it it starts out. It's uh it uh shows this guy walking around going to work and then you get to see uh it it pans down to like the sewer area, the like sewer drainage and mm -hmm. uh you just there's a dude in there and all you see is his green eyes. Like you see his face just a little bit, and it's just really cool. I like the way they did that. I like the direction on that. It uh, you know, really intrigues you on what's going on. But uh, <clears throat> kills that guy, and turns out that it's a uh, a uh, mutant. The, the, this mutant guy that's able to stretch his body and uh, get into places. Uh, tight squeezes, you know, hence the name. Able to get into places where people wouldn't normally be able to go. He can go through drain pipes, go through, you know, the doggy door, go through the chimney, and uh, mm -hmm. go through the air ducts, and uh, you know, get in there. And, and his whole deal is he eats livers. Um, he needs five livers every thirty years, I think it is, 
And yeah, yeah. once he eats five livers, he goes back into hibernation for another 30 years. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's basically what, what happens. And they eventually figure all this out because, uh, Scully is uh, talking to one of her, her, uh, it's like one of her friends from, uh, the FBI Academy. And he actually, uh, wants her help on this case but she brings in Mulder too but they specifically asked not to get Mulder on this case because you know spooky Mulder and this was kind of the beginning of when Mulder was uh, kind of of an outcast and he was like you know put put down in the basement where you know nobody would see him nobody would be around him and uh, so you know I thought that was kind of interesting but she brings him along and then he dusts her fingerprints on that, you know, where that first guy was killed and finds this elongated fingerprint that, you know, is really fucking strange and bizarre. And I, I, I really like that. It's really, he's a really interesting monster. I, the, I think that's probably the most, uh, you know, the coolest part about it to me is how interesting it is. It's, it's such a unique idea. Yeah. It's, it's not outrageous. You know, like some monsters are, it's not, ridiculous i mean this the way they do they ground it so much of reality where within right. that reality watching that episode it seems real you know you can right. really believe that somebody could do that oh yeah uh, that's 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 one of the best episodes uh to me it really is i think it's one of the best episodes of the show squeeze mm-hmm. the uh the guy they got to play him i, I don't know his name right off but uh Eugene Victor Toombs, man, he nails that character. Like oh, he, yeah. I mean, you you really believe it. Like you know, I don't know what his direction was on that, but he nailed it. Well, he's good at playing a Weasley uh, character, you know, like Percy from uh, Green Mile. Uh, <laughs> he's just he's good at playing that, like a sniveling little rat, uh, which is kind of what Toombs is. But Toombs tries to stay you know, out of the limelight, you know, he just, he's just there doing maintenance and all that shit, which is what somebody or something that, that lives like that has to be, you know, he, he's there. You see him all the time, but you'll never suspect him. Right. Um, so he lived, uh, kind of on the outskirts of society, I guess. Uh, yeah. And, kind of where you would never notice. Yeah. But he yeah, had much. He he works for animal control, I think. He like goes and disposes of like dead That's dead animals right. on the side of the road and shit. And uh he he really is convincing. Like he, he takes a lie detector test when they initially, you know, arrest him and um passes it, you know, of course, and you you could just see in his face that he's lying. You know, yeah. he's so like calm and cool and, you know, collected that he's able to, to beat the lie detector test. Except the one question that that Mulder put in there was, uh, are you over 100 years old? Yeah. And that he did fail on that one, but they said it was a, a a control question, so it didn't count because it was so, you know, ridiculous that he had a response to it because it was so ridiculous. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and see, that's another thing about how he could survive like that. Nobody's going to believe that that he even exists. Right. Um, except yeah. for Mulder. 
Mulder is able to tie his fingerprints back to X-Files, you know, I think uh, at least 30 years prior to that, maybe from the 60s. It's, yeah, uh, they go back even further to 1933, I think. Because mm-hmm. uh, they meet that, that man in the nursing home who worked on the 60s case. Right. And he's the one who brings in, because he's the one who suspected it. Because he found out about a case similar to that in the 30s. Right. Um, well, he had the whole thing figured out. Frank, Frank yeah. uh, Briggs, I believe he was a cop. And yeah. He worked on it. And he he knew the you know he knew exactly what was going on. So that's basically where Mulder learned a lot of what this guy's patterns are. You know, and they actually tell him where tell Mulder where he was, and that's how they're able to find his little uh, nest. Because he's still in the same building, the same place. It's yeah. still there. And that, that nest is awesome, too. It's it is. A disgusting, creepy thing. But, um, yeah, they go there, and, and they eventually catch him. And uh, and then he gets he gets committed to a mental institution. He's not, he's not put in jail. Um, but... Um, yeah, you know, and then it shows him at the end. He starts making his nest again inside the uh, the mental institution. Got a newspaper and saliva. Yeah. Did they say that the livers uh, like helped him with the secretions to make his nest? It's something to do with the bile. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, the bile duct. Because it's that's like what the green shit is all over the nest. That was a that was a funny quote. Mulder when he when he stuck his hand in there, he uh, he gets bile all over him, and he says, uh, "Is there any way I can get it off my my fingers quickly without betraying my cool exterior?" Well. One of Mulder's you know quirky little quotes in a time of you know. Uh, Suspense, you know, that was a pretty common thing in the show. Yeah. Um, that was the third episode, I think, of the first season. You're probably right. Um, I just I just have to say that, you know, uh, Mortar Scully's uh, uh, chemistry in that show is awesome. Oh, yeah. You know, they're both... You know, now it, it gets, uh, later it gets kind of, I think, ridiculous with, uh, yeah. with the fact that Scully is, uh, she's actually seen a lot of shit, and she's still so skeptical. <laughs> but, uh. Yeah. But that's, that's her position on the show, so. Oh, I know. I know. Would, it just, would... I mean, just kind of stretch it out there. Well, it. Her her role gets reversed later on in the show. She actually becomes the the Mulder character when you know when Doggett's on the scene. Then then Doggett takes over as a skeptic. Oh, um, I'm about to wash my hands just so you know, so you don't think I'm grinding coffee beans again. Oh hell no! Oh hell no! That's that's unprofessional as fuck. We're all about being uh, a couple of professionals yeah. on this show. That's that's what we're all about. But uh, 
yeah, I mean, I guess that pretty much wraps that one up. I'm a you know big fan of that of that show. Um, uh, I wanted to mention the uh, the asshole uh, guy that uh, is Dana's Dana Scully's friend. Initially, at the end, they kind of she kind of tells him you know to go fuck himself or whatever. But uh, he's the guy that was in uh, his name's Donald Logue, and I remember him from uh, Blade primarily. Yeah. Yeah, he was in that. He was he, in you know, the redheaded Spain. guy. Yeah. Oh, really? What are you talking about? He's in the Patriot. Uh, he's in Sons of Anarchy. He's in Gotham. He's in all kinds of shit now. Tons of TV work. Well, he was in a sitcom in the nineties, uh, maybe a few years yeah. after that X Files thing. I cannot remember the yeah. name of it. Now. Um, Grounded for Life, something like that. That sounds about right. That was a pretty good show too. I watched it a good bit. As you know, I, I like the damn sitcoms. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, I want to mention he was in there, uh, and uh, I wrote down here in my notes he could cut the sexual tension with a knife. Mm. Yeah, he wants to tear Scully up. No, I mean uh, Mulder and Scully. Oh. Oh, well, my bad. I guess I got the wrong signals. Oh, I'm sorry. I, or, the, the, that's Mulder. just the next, the next, uh, him and Mulder. Uh. It's like kiss already, guys. Come on. Just kiss. Save us all the trouble. Um, um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I got for that one. Is there anything else you wanted to add? I, I think we touched all the bases with that one. It's a, Pretty straightforward episode, but it's it's a strong, you know, sci-fi horror thing. It's uh, so well done. It is, and like you said, that actor who plays Eugene is excellent. But he, he is Eugene. We gotta figure this motherfucker out. Um, uh, I'm about to figure out his name. I I know I've looked him up. See, this is like. Like I've I've rewatched the whole uh, series except for like the last two seasons that don't have Mulder and Scully in it, like quite a few times in the past few years. And I went through with my wife not too long ago, like a year and a half ago, and we started watching, but we never got past uh, season one. So I've you know I've watched all these fairly uh, recently before I watched them again for the show. Um, I see Gene Victor fucking Tombs. Where the fuck are you? Dude, I don't even see him listed on IMDb. Oh, there it is. No, I'm sorry. Doug, Doug Hutchinson. Doug H- Hutchinson. As I've seen him in some other shit, um, he always pops up, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I, I know that guy. Where do I know him from? Hey, he's done tons of stuff. Yeah. Um... He, uh, well, I don't know. It's, I don't know. He surprised me with that. I was surprised going back. Like I was saying that uh, time just, I guess, didn't register with me at the time. I didn't realize that tunes were so uh, early in the show. I thought it was Yeah, that's what I said, too. I, I thought the exact same thing. 
uh, or, or squeeze. I don't squeeze. But, squeeze uh, was the first one. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I mean. I, I didn't realize they had they had introduced that character so soon. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, it was that when that came on, man. I was hooked for life. You know, I was like, man, this show is the best ever. Um, I just I, I love that type of stuff. It resonated really well with me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, just the the concept of that monster, I think, is so interesting. I know I said that before, but I want to stress that point. No, I agree. Uh, it's a very human monster, you know. Just like I was saying earlier, just uh, infiltrates society so well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I was kind of thinking that, that maybe it was some sort of, a, I don't know if they ever mentioned this, but some sort of a rapid, uh, some sort of rapid evolution of humans, you know, that he's, you know, he's not necessarily a human being anymore, but he's somewhat similar, looks like one, uh-huh. but, you know, he gets those glowing yellow eyes, and obviously he contorted his body and all that shit, so I was just thinking that maybe that was some, you know, direct response to maybe something that happened to to him or maybe his family at some point, you know, I was just kind of throwing that out there. That may be a, you know, cause he's a mutation of a human. So something had to happen. Well, it's interesting. Just the concept of uh, a monster uh, showing up every, you know, certain amount of decades. Uh, Chris Carter said he was directly influenced by that show. Kolchak and the two Kolchak oh, yeah. movies. And uh, the second movie, I think it is, uh, or hell, it might be that first one, The Night Stalker. Um, it's like a, uh, oh shit, like a vampire thing that oh, yeah. uh, comes out and has to, he, he kills a certain amount of uh, women and then he disappears. I think that might be the second movie, The Night Strangler. Uh, I think that's where Carter the basic idea of tombs from, you know, he comes out, kills a certain amount of victims and, you know, he goes and disappears for, you know, several decades. Cause this, this creature had, uh, they, they had newspaper accounts and Coltrane finds out that it's been around since the early 1900s, just like tombs. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, now that I've watched Coltrane, I, I can see the similarities. Yeah, um, I, I was reading some of the the trivia on the uh, Wikipedia page for the X Files, and uh, it, it talks about some of the extras, the extras on the uh, DVD, which I never got, so I never got to you know watch any of the special features. But uh, they they talk about the I don't know if it's on the commentary or there's a feature yet or what, but they talk about you know how they they thought about it you know and how they figured it all out and kind of pieced it together. They uh, you know uh, Jack the Ripper obviously based a lot on Jack the Ripper. Uh, uh, I would think Richard Ramirez the way that he uh, would would enter houses you know basically through the the window above the shower or bathtub which was common yeah. in California homes back then, and uh, would would not touch anything when he did it. So it, it they couldn't figure out for the longest time how he was getting in there. Um, there as they said, even the soap scum wasn't disturbed on the windowsill. So uh, you know, they kind of just added 
you know, different elements of each of those to form this horrible creature. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Of course, um, but, as creepy as Tombs is and the concept of something like that is, I'd still be more afraid of, of Ramirez. Oh, yeah. Because uh, no, no, Tombs at least had a reason to do what he's doing, you know? Yeah. I mean, if, if Tombs started smoking crack, then I may be more afraid of him. Yeah, yeah. Crack had just pentagrams all over his hands and shit. <laughs> But uh, I guess we can just jump into tombs here, because you know, since we're talking about the same, same shit, just a continuation, basically, of that episode. Mm-hmm. A uh, little bit of time has passed, and uh, at the beginning of the episode, it's it's uh, tombs is attempting to break out of his cell, which you know we can easily do, and uh, his attorney comes in. I believe it's his attorney or his doctor or something comes in and uh stop you know he stops you know trying to do that and tells him that he has a good chance of getting out and they go to the court hearing the next day and declare him you know he's able to go back into society now which fuck how long has it been dude i don't know if it ever states like a time but he couldn't have been in in uh that mental institution but just a month or two well um uh... I think it's explained later because I think he goes back to his home or where his apartment had been, but it's been raised to the ground and they built like a mall there or something. Right, right. That's that's when he goes and makes his nest again yeah. near the end of the movie. I mean, the end of the, the episode. So it's actually been longer than that. Uh, and he's yeah. been there for a little while for them to have built that, you know, so... I mean, I wouldn't think uh, it's it's much over a year, though. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't think so either. Not, not long enough, considering that he actually killed people. Whether you well, know, I mean, it, whether he was sane or not, it shouldn't matter. <laughs> that's true. But um, yeah, at this hearing, they they basically uh, Mulder comes in and tells the whole story real quick. This dude's a fucking mutant. He stretches his body. These are his fingertips. He eats, he eats livers. Comes back every thirty years, and he just looks like a fucking like crazy person, which is really funny. Um, and you know the they the, the whatever committee that votes on it or whatever they pretty much dismiss Mulder immediately. Um, so you know that's that's one of the reasons why he was able to get back out, and he's. He has to live with his family. There's gonna like uh, I don't know what you call that shit. Uh, not a halfway house, but maybe something similar to that for crazy people. Um, I always thought it was funny how Mulder, uh, even though he's right in pretty much everything he comes up with on that, like he's completely right about truth. He's saying the complete truth. He never ever learns how to really speak to normal people about this right. to why they don't think he's nuts. Right. Uh, I kind of like that about that character. Yeah, yeah. yeah I can relate to, to Mulder on a lot of levels. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's that, that's one of the other main, you know, things this episode deals with is Mulder's, 
you know, he's, he's he's losing his mind a little bit trying to put this guy back in jail before he gets that fifth liver and goes away for 30 years. Yeah. You know, so, you know, he's got him under, you know, 24 hour surveillance. He stays up for like three, three days in a row. And, you know, he is a little bit crazy. Yeah, he's just, uh, I don't know. I, I, yeah, he, there's no way he would have found tombs again uh, after if he had gone back into hibernation. Right. Somewhere else. And it was just interesting that tombs was, like, so attached to his, uh, you know, to his old home there. Yeah. Because if, if he was just going to keep going back to the same place, a mortar could have gone there himself. At some point, right, right. Yeah, I mean, it definitely adds a different aspect, you know, to it. It's, it's kind of like it, it it paints him in a more of a, he's like a creature, you know, he's like a, uh, you know, almost like a, you know, an insect or, a, you know, a, some sort of animal that needs to go back to the same place. To, yeah, he's, uh, he's tied down to his instincts, I guess. Right. He, he's only, he can only, like a human being would know, okay, this is compromised. I've got to go somewhere else. Tunes can't do that. Right. Uh, no. I think it's, you know, he was able to get away with it for a lot longer because it was in a day and age when they didn't look at fingerprints and, you know, didn't have all the forensics like they do now or did then. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so Tombs is out. He's working as his at his job as an animal co- uh, control or you know whatever the hell his job is, picking up dead animals. And uh, he's he's basically trying to fight the urge to kill the entire time because Mulder's watching him so closely, which I thought that was pretty interesting too. That you, you watch him basically, uh, you know, about to lose it a couple times. He's like, oh man. She looks fine. I wonder what her liver tastes like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it is interesting to see Mulder pressure him so much. And uh, and it actually comes to be that he, uh, Mulder finally does go home, and Scully takes over the operation and goes to sleep, and Toombs breaks into his place and frames him for, like, beating him up or whatever. Yeah. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, he uh, came in through the air duct, I believe, on that one. Mm-hmm. And uh, he got one of Mulder's shoes and, uh, like, smashed against his face. And he, like, yeah. he broke his jaw. But right after he goes there and they look at it, he puts his jaw back in place on his own, which is mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah, it was always neat how he could... Uh... Just, I don't know what the fuck he was doing with his own bones. I'd love to see a skeleton. You know, yeah. Since he's able to, like, not only dislocate uh, bones, but, like, dude, your collarbone, I don't know exactly how you would, you know, dislocate that to get through those tiny spaces he was getting through. Yeah. Uh, without just flat out breaking it. Yeah, that's true. But, um, let's see, he frames Mulder, and, you know, Skinner goes in, 
And Skinner says, oh, okay, you can't be anywhere near Tombs anymore. And uh, um, th this whole time when this is going on, Scully's somehow found this. Uh, it's an old factory, I think, that they're they're demolishing. And they somehow found a body in the concrete there. And they traced this back to Tombs as well that was buried, I don't know if it was 1908 or uh, 1903 or 1933, but it, that, that's when the building was, was built. It was 33 okay. because they found those pennies. From, uh, that's right. That's right. You're right. You're right. And uh, they found some bite marks on one of the ribs, and they were able to take their you know newfangled uh, technology and, and match that to tombs as well. And uh, they, they found fingerprints there as well, I believe, or at that X-File that, that matched him's fingerprints, the stretched-out ones. Yeah. So, you know, they're they're ready to put him back in jail. Um, but uh, that's, you know, Mulder says that's not enough to convict him or whatever. So, anyway... Uh, you know, the whole, the whole thing plays out, and uh, he's building a new nest under the escalator at the mall, like you were saying, you know, where his original nest was. He's built a yeah. new nest there, and he kills his doctor. His doctor shows up. He kills him, eats his liver, and he goes back there. He's about to go into hibernation again, and Mulder finds him. And, uh, you know, they basically tussle for a while, and he gets sucked into the, the escalator when it's when it's going, and, you know, Sucks him in there and kills him. Yeah. He's, uh, he's pretty... I, got rid of him. I was thinking the exact same thing, man. I was like, I'd like to see it go on, but, you know, maybe it wouldn't be as well done. So maybe it's better that they only did the two. Yeah, yeah it might be. Uh, it just... I don't know. You never know when you have such a strong character like that. Maybe it could have uh, been good to see him again. But then again, if he had managed to escape and go into hibernation, you wouldn't see him for 30 years. Right. Uh, I, see, I thought it would be neat if they had not killed him and uh, had done this revival of X-Files like 10 years from now because Kings comes back. Uh, oh, that would be awesome to do. Yeah, it would be to do something like that, maybe with a relative or someone that's similar to him or something? Yeah. But you know he can't be the only one. Yeah. He might can't be the only be. one in Baltimore, but, you know, if they're part of the FBI, they can go all over the U.S. Um, which is part of why I like that show, Hannibal, the way they did that. Being the FBI, they could go all over the U.S. Unlike Dexter, where they were kind of stuck in Miami, where you yeah. know, that fucking serial killer per capita is like one for every three people. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And the Cuban music. Um, Did you not get tired of the Cuban music and the palm trees? Oh, and and Dexter. Yeah. Oh. I'm just joking. Yeah. Yeah, they're just eating Cubans the whole time. Cuban sandwiches and shit. Just pickling and mustard all over the place, and there's just, like, corpses showing up everywhere. Yeah. 
And then Angel is just walking around with like bits of Cuban sandwiching his goatee the whole time. Yeah, with a hand in it. <laughs> no, yeah, that is interesting. But I mean, like you said, you know, it would be smarter if he'd left and went somewhere else. That way they wouldn't be able to track it as well. Or this whole thing could have been stopped if he'd just worn a pair of gloves in the 60s. Yeah. That's the thing. That's what's interesting about that character is that he's driven by the instincts more so than self-preservation. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, you know, when Mortar's right there breathing down his neck, it's one thing, but he can't resist that urge. He just can't do mm-hmm. it. So, you know, he'll do whatever, you know, notwithstanding what kind of evidence he'll leave, he'll do it just like an animal. Yeah. You know, an animal's not really going right. to think that much about it. Exactly. Uh, that's uh, that's where your uh, your observation comes into play, the fact that he's more animal than human. Yeah. That's exactly right. That was the point I was trying to make. That it's it's really odd, man. There's a lot of levels to that to that character. That it's not like you know the host, you know where you've got a giant tapeworm dude. You know this, this dude looks human, you know, so he can blend in. Yeah, and he has successfully yeah, for at least exactly. you know at least you know what what was it at that point that there's at least sixty years he had blended in successfully, but there's no telling how old Tombs is. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I don't think they ever, you know, go back further than the 30s. Because I could have gone back to 1903 and seen something and then, you know, keep going back. Uh, well, on that on that wiki page, they, they've got a lot of information about, you know, the 30s. Or, uh, I mean, 1903, I think it was, the first... Like they've they, they've pinpointed him on the uh, the census back then. So nineteen oh three. Oh shit. He uh he uh nineteen oh three details about tunes were recorded in the Baltimore County census in which he was said to be living in an apartment at sixty six Exeter Street, which is the same place he was in the episode, the first uh First episode, Squeeze. This building was where, by 1993, he had assumed space for himself. Uh, also, in 1903, Toombs killed Eduardo Jeffers, the occupant of the room, uh, above the one he was reportedly living in. So, um, and then, uh, 33 is when he when he killed the people at the, uh, the Powhatan Mill. He killed two people at the Powhatan Mill. Yeah, I'm just thinking about that. The 1903 murder, why he would kill somebody right there. Well, and he actually, like, like they found part of the liver. Like, he didn't get away with that. I think he just went into hibernation right about that time. So they, you know, it was a cold case. And they didn't find the that, dude. They didn't find the body. That may be uh, just like any serial killer. They kind of botched the first couple of them. That may have been Tunes' first uh, cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so maybe if he was born in 1903, he would have been 30. And that, that, that'd be about right. 
Well, if if he killed somebody in 1903, I would think he probably wasn't any. Oh, yeah, that's right. He did kill somebody. I would, I would say he was probably in his early 30s anyway then. Yeah. But, so, uh, you're talking about 1870s. Say he was born shortly. Yeah. I mean, I would. I mean, I would venture a guess that he's probably older than that. But, he but who knows? That's that's what I like about stuff like that. It's just fun. The conjecture of it is fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I kind of like when they don't put a concrete, uh, like explain everything about them. It's just exactly. you suddenly see it. There's this world with this thing, and you just you're right there with motor and going trying to figure out just what the hell it is. And yeah, that's it. You know. And Scully like figured out a good bit of it too, um, and uh, and Squeeze like she figured out that he was a uh, either a maintenance worker or someone that had access, you know. Uh, so so that's how they were able to find out he worked for Animal Control, I believe. Hmm. Or you know, in, in some position like that. Um. But uh. Yeah, I mean, uh, and then at the end of that, at the end of Tombs, Mulder drops another one-liner on us. He says, you can get the next mutant. Well, he says that to Scully. Uh, so. And then they made out school. ferociously yeah. for hours. Yeah. yeah while that other that's my, uh, Daniel dude, that redheaded dude was beating off ferociously. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, it was... Uh, that's all in my fan fiction, so if anybody's interested, <laughs> I've got, you, I mean, I've got uh, hours of, uh, of fan fiction just about that. Dude, I hope you've been writing X-Files fan fiction for the last 20 years, and you've got, like, a freaking vault full of it. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, but, uh, and Tombs is there. He's just watching with his green eyes the whole time. Like he's in the corner watching with his green eyes. Look at his lips. <laughs> but, uh, well, yes, we can go on to darkness here and, and try to go ahead and wrap up. Um, yeah, why don't you get us started on darkness? Because I think you're you're more of a fan of this one than I am. Or uh, darkness falls. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I enjoy it so much. Uh, I guess it's the isolation. I like. I like horror and sci-fi stories that take place in isolated areas. Um, yeah. And I just think it's, some of the images in the episode are really cool, like that cocoon hanging from the from the tree that they yeah. walk up on. That's just really neat. Um, well, I don't know. It starts out with those loggers. You know, they're all running. You don't have any clue what they're running from. You know, it's still white, and then they end up splitting up. And then, you know, in the darkness, you see what it is. These these little green things coming after them. And then, you know, cue the theme. Um, <clears throat> that's when Mulder uh, comes across the, uh, the disappearance of all these loggers, finds out that it happened uh, in the early 1900s as well, you know, when the loggers were really starting to get into the old version forest then. Um and uh, so he and Scully go with uh, like a, one of the park rangers to investigate just what what the hell is going on. And that's they find the camp uh, empty. There's absolutely nobody there. Um, 
And uh, that's where they found that cocoon. And the body yeah. is in there. Yeah, I... I thought it was odd how they made the distinction. Like it was the uh, the ranger that that said, "Oh, I think it's an insect uh, hive or whatever you know, whatever his phrasing was." I thought it was kind of strange that you go immediately to that. You know, I would have suspected foul play. I think before that. Well, uh, maybe you've seen it before. I don't know, uh, but uh, that's just a cool image coming up on something like that. Because if I were walking in the forest and saw something like that, it would creep me the fuck out. If I had a gun, I'd probably just shoot myself in the head right there. I don't deal with it, whatever, get it. Because you see that, and I automatically think giant spider. And yeah. A giant spider is the last thing I want to deal with. Yeah. Because uh, that's... So you, you, that's, were, uh, you were a big fan of the uh, failed Superman movie then? Yeah, I sure was. Still am. I'm a huge John <laughs> Peters fan, too. Sorry, go ahead. Genius before his time. but uh, Absolutely. Uh, Dude likes spiders. What can you do? Uh, spiders are the most ferocious creatures on the planet. I love that he <laughs> says that. And then later he says the exact same thing about polar bears. Uh <laughs> My polar bears are the most ferocious creature on the planet. Like, dude, are you? I don't know. He he comes across as a complete idiot in that documentary, full of himself. Yeah. Well, he he made fucking uh, Wild Wild West. Well, you know, the thing is, he helped make some good stuff. He really did. Uh, You know, Caddyshack, I just can't believe the same guy who made Caddyshack. When did I have gone to make this? Uh, I didn't realize who was uh, involved in Caddyshack. Uh, that and the 89 Batman. You know, I understand oh, why wow. people would think, oh, okay, he, he could actually do something good with this. But I don't know if he, if he was just, you know, if he upped his cocaine usage in the 90s yeah. or why. Uh, Turn it up a notch. But, uh, hmm? Is he turning it up a notch? <laughs> I guess so, man. Because his his ideas, and he still sticks with them. Uh, you know, he's not like, yeah, this was stupid. He's like, yeah, this would have been awesome. Like, no, no, it would never ever have been awesome. Because uh, you pretty much got that in Wild Wild West, and that wasn't awesome. Um, well, they're like, uh, yeah, man, we had this script written, and then we got to put a giant spider in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, dude, uh, yeah, when Kevin Smith uh, mentioned the, the stipulations that John Peters gave him, and then John Peters is like, that didn't happen. Like, I believe Kevin Smith 100% over him. I just really oh, yeah. don't believe John Peters with that. Uh, so why are you denying that? And why would Kevin Smith lie about that? That's something he would have loved to do, right, as Superman treatment? Why well, that was back want to put a when he was nobody, there? too. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but, uh, anyway, uh, back to Darkness Falls. Uh, you, uh, you gradually see that, that tree hugger dude, that, I guess, that militant, uh, Greenpeace guy or whatever. And, uh, you find out he's pretty much the only survivor. 
of all those people. Because that other right. guy, that logger guy, was blaming him for the deaths of all of them. Uh, but, you know, gradually, uh, you know, they're stuck in that cabin. The generator, you know, all the cars have had uh, what sugar put in all the tanks. So they're all yeah. fucked. And they're stuck in that cabin with very little gas left. I guess it's one of the few times in the show where they literally almost die. They come very close to it. But just like they did later in that ship that was aging them so fast. All right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they they kind of do die. You know, they're so close to death. But uh, the green little bugs, who like little mites or something, swarm over you and suck out influence. So they literally mummify you to death. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. It's just an interesting thing to me, man, that you have this ancient creature, you know, that's totally natural, but it's been it, it's been dormant for so long that it didn't evolve, I guess, along with humans. So there's no record of it really coming across people or people coming across that thing until fairly recently. Right. Uh, with the logging. Um, and I think of that, you know, when you hear about that uh, cave they found in uh, Russia or somewhere that had been sealed for millions of years and there's still creatures yeah. in there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what the hell could be in that? Or the Arctic ice, if they find old bacteria and shit in there, that's frozen yeah. but not dead. Um, that's not far-fetched at all. Because if you've got a bacteria that we evolved, that, that froze, you know, millions of years ago, we've evolved without that. We have no defenses against it at all. Right. So that would just wreak havoc through humanity. You know, I can just imagine something like that. Since the world is so tied together, it could wipe out mankind except for a few isolated tribes, Stone Age tribes that are still around. So mankind is back to square one. Right. Um, it's just interesting. I just, I don't know. I like that that kind of story. It's like, like I said, I like that isolation. Man, that's why I like the thing so much. You know, they're yeah. stuck with this horrible creature, and there's no help at all. Um, I don't know. That 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 episode just stuck with me. You know, I know it's not one of the best, but it just stuck with me. Uh, just because I enjoy that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I uh, I really liked at the end of it when he found out that they were related to uh, fireflies. They had the same, like, able to glow. Yeah, the, similar to uh, fireflies. What, what a phosphorescence or the yeah, yeah, I believe that. Maybe right, so, yeah. yeah. But uh, the uh, the scientist tells him that. Uh, you know they're, they're they're working on eradicating it after they get rescued at the end, and yeah. uh, they says they're going to use a combination of controlled burns and pesticides. And Mulder's like, "Well, what happens if you know it doesn't work?" And he says, "Oh no, failure is not an option." Yeah, it's like you know Mulder's like, "What if this gets you know to a more populated area?" Yeah, because I mean, uh, go ahead. No, I'm just saying that that's exactly the issue. You know, it's 
it's horrible to be the person or, or the people involved in something like that, but it's also kind of a blessing that it happens in such an isolated area. Yeah. That's how we didn't know about them until then. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I just thought it was a, a kind of an interesting uh, insect because they get there and everything is like covered with this like oily substance, some sort of like weird like uh, oily substance. And turns out that these damn things are everywhere, but they yeah. only swarm in darkness. Uh-huh. And they only, you know, kill people in darkness. So as long as you're in the light, you're okay. Yeah, it kind of keeps them dormant. And yeah, it's not like they're just in one little area traveling around. They're, you know, they're there. Uh, that was kind of right. Um, I don't know. I was, again, I was surprised going back and watching it. Uh, this past summer that it was so early in the show. I could have sworn yeah. season two or early season three episode. Yeah. That's a popular episode too. That's on like a lot of people's like top top uh you know, best episodes list. Is it? But they have Darkness Falls up there, yeah. I don't know that. But it uh yeah, I mean I like it. Uh, it's you know I don't dislike it or anything. It's just not one of my favorites, my personal favorites. But uh, it's still really interesting. You know, you get to well, see, that's... you get to start to see some of the government cover-ups and you know the the way the government's just gonna you know do all this stuff and you know nobody's ever gonna know about it. You know, this this crazy shit happens and nobody ever even knows. Oh, man, it's not just aliens. It's like right. you have that other episode that takes place in that volcanic area or whatever with that spore that ruptures out of your neck. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's the same way. You know, it's isolated area, but the government tries to cover that up, too. Uh, There's so many, so many great episodes, man. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> now you get the impression that the world is, like, seriously under siege by all these, like, Horrible things. Yeah. Uh, and the government I mean, is to, the only way we're able to sleep at night. Not to mention the anal probes. Well, can't forget those. It's just a, a dude smoking Morley's, you know, you know, telling everybody to get an anal probe. That's what they should have found in Darkness Falls. They walk up and said, like a coon. It's just a dude laying face down with his pants around his ankles with a probe stuck in his ass. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still going. The battery oh, is still going. <laughs> they they hear the buzzing and think it's a giant spider, but it's just a problem with his butt. That's funny. Yeah, would you have anything else you wanted to add about that one? Well, I can't really think of anything. I think I hit all the sweet spots on that. Oh, yeah. Tore them up. But, uh... <laughs> But yeah, uh, we're gonna try to do more of these, but probably in the you know near future with the you know towards the leading up of the new season coming out. And uh, you know, if anybody has any recommendations of their favorite episodes, please let us know. You know, let us know on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Uh, at two peas on a pod on Twitter. Um, and uh, yeah, let us know. You know, your favorite favorite uh, memories of the show or 
you know, your experience, whatever you want to talk about. Um, and, uh, yeah, we uh, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Go to bed. How dare you talk to me like that? You should tell me everything. I can't talk right now. Why, Lisa? Why, Lisa? Please talk to me, please. You're part of my life. You are everything. I could not go on without you, Lisa. You're scaring me. You're lying. I never hit you. You are tearing me apart, Lisa!